Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you've been enjoying the show so far. I'm going to have Tom and Marsha Berkowitz with me this hour. It's going to be a great time of fellowship, and I always enjoy when they come in. Tom has been uh, teaching community Bible study uh, for 18 years, and he and Marsha have been involved in that ministry and have been loving it and have been... um, they're going to be doing the book of John this year, so we're going to maybe touch on that a little bit. But I also just want to catch up with how the last four months has affected them. And, and I was, always want to just hear from my friends to find out what they're going through and how we can share each other's burdens and how we can learn from each other's um, trials and sufferings. And I, I think it's going to be a happy, inspirational hour, but you never know when the Berkowitzes come in because you never know. Tom, Marshall, welcome. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having us. <laughs> and you're right. You never know. You never know. Exactly. Exactly. So you were, you had almost this moment, I think it was yesterday, where you got a text message from Rebecca. Tell that story. Well, actually, it was today. It was today. Okay. I was heavy in prayer as I'm walking the Highland Preserves out in Bloomington and trying to, I was kvetching about, I don't know how to surrender and that's what People are telling me I need to surrender to God. I said, how much more? So I said, God, you've benched me. I have nothing to do. (laughs) What am I doing? And I was going to look at this Bible verse, and I pulled out my iPhone, and my emails were up, and there was an email from Rebecca to see if I was free today. Yeah, to be on the radio. Let me me look at my uh, watch. Of course I'm free. (laughs) I'm benched. Yeah. So you sent out this little message to your kids that you're going to be on the radio show with Bill Arnold, and your son-in-law says, hey, that's great. Who's Bill Arnold? Yeah. I love it. Actually, I wouldn't send out a text like that. Marsha would. I'm too... Uh, Technologically impaired? Oh, no. I'm, you're I'm, good at that? I'm the family IT guy. I did not know that. Yes, I really am. <laughs> Should I take that seriously? Yeah, oh, absolutely. It okay. is true. That's that true. Is true. Okay. I'm obsessive-compulsive, and I learned, but... I'm too insecure to send that out to anyone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Marcia, you did it on behalf yes. of Tom. Yes, 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 I did. Good. I figured he needed all the prayer he could get. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to find out what's been going on the last four months. I mean, I know there's been significant isolation and time where we don't leave our houses. Right. There's just been uh, isolation and stress and anxiety. And tell me more. Well... It's all those things. And I found out, being isolated, that what I used to say all the time was not true. You know our good friend George Fraser. He and I used to be in a small group, and I used to tell him, you know, George, I don't like people that much. (laughs) (laughs) George would agree, right? He did. (laughs) And we're in a small group of about 20 people, and George and I would sit in a corner because we didn't like people. Right. I'm not even sure we liked each other. I think we did. Well, yeah, speak for yourself. Yeah. (laughs) I love the guy. 
And I came up after being isolated for a while, and I told Marsha, I said, you know something? I'm missing people. Yeah, of course. And I hate Zoom. You know, oh, yeah. I'm a maven on Zoom because it's something I can wrap my non-technical mind around and become an expert on. But it's not the same. No, not even sort of. No. In fact, it makes you want to to see people more and more. And we were right in the throes of finishing up uh, our Bible study from community Bible study from uh, the Red Sea to the Jordan River. We're in the book of Numbers and Leviticus. I mean, exciting books. And trying to teach on Zoom is just... It's twice the work for half the reward, isn't it? Yes. I mean, because you love the audience. You love the being with the with the people in the class. Yes. Tom got kind of hung up when all he could see was himself yeah. that he was talking to into the computer. Yeah. It freaked me out. <laughs> that, I understand why. And then, you know, I had a mirror setting. So when I look up on this plaque that I have above my desk, it's a plaque that says Shalom. Well, as I looked at it, in the screen, it was backwards, and it drove me nuts. Because somebody's going to think I don't know how to spell in Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the case. Well, no. not that word anyway. No, right, of course. So you had mentioned to me earlier that uh, in the midst of this last three or four months, you've, you've had some dreams. I have. I want to hear about those. Okay. Well... Going in at the end of January, coming into when we were first hearing about the coronavirus and stuff, we were going through some business struggles, and, you know, my business was uh, being hit hard, and I'm, I'm saying, you know, I don't know if I have much hope. One of my favorite verses is, you know, Isaiah 40, 30. One, those who hope in the Lord, that's a new, inter, new, yeah, new international version is hope. A lot of them use those who wait. I mm-hmm. said, what is hope? So I was caught up a Jewish friend of mine. He's a believer, and we go to Israel with him, Scott Volk. And I said, Scott, how would you define hope? I know how, how I would, but how would you? So he comes up with this. He says, well, it's interesting you call me. Just today, I wrote a definition. I have a give a talk on hope, something I've never done before. I mean, so you got to define it. And my house is full. There is no quiet spot. So I was sitting in my bathroom at 4 o'clock in the morning asking God for hope. <laughs> Only a Jew would do that. Right? <laughs> so here's the definition. Being fully assured that God always has a solution for your situation and that he will show up at a perfect time to transform your impossibilities into a testimony of his deliverance Mm. or his salvation. That's powerful. It is. But what does that mean? So we noodled and I changed, and I started meditating on all the impossibilities that God has done. And it uh, it stuck in my mind until one day uh, I met with a friend and we we got on Proverbs 13, where it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So once I get on a subject, 
I can't get off of it. And he said, hey, I understand that. I'm sick. I don't have much hope. And I said, I get that. But the other side of that coin is, is uh, desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And we stopped and we look at each other for a while. And we almost simultaneously say, how do we turn that coin over from hope deferred makes a heart sick to desired fulfilled is a tree of life? And that night, I'm still noodling on that, and I have a dream. And in my dream is, uh, I've only saw it once. It was his mother's Bible, this man's mother's Bible. It was, the only time I saw it was on the day of her death, and I went over to their house to be with the family, to sit with them. And we were talking, and I opened up her Bible, and I opened it up to Psalm 13. It starts out with, how long, how long, O Lord? And then as I was looking at it, I saw on that page all the markings, her underlined, her little notes, her words of wisdom. And it's the only time I thought about it. And I couldn't get the thought out of my, the picture out of my mind. And then I ended up waking up. I said, what does this really mean? Because it ends, you know, he's wondering how long, you know, David is kvetching. How long, Lord? I prayed five minutes ago. I haven't seen an answer. You know, where (laughs) is it? You know, he's a Jew. We want patience now. Mm -hmm. But at the end, he said, but you have dealt bountifully with me. So I was looking at that, and I was thinking about it. And as I was meditating on it, because I'm waiting for God to answer, and I've cried out how long, I go to Isaiah 15, 30, 15. So this dream of this Bible, and the Lord deals bountifully with you, and I'm not being dealt bountifully with, and I'm still waiting for an answer, and it has been more than five minutes, it's been Weeks. Mm-hmm. So I turned to Isaiah thirty fifteen. It says, Thus says the Lord God, or thus says the Lord Yahweh, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and trust you shall uh shall be your strength. But you're unwilling. And I remember screaming at God. I said, what do you mean? I'm not willing. How much more willing can you be? I'm harassing you <laughs> day and night, minute by minute. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. Marsha has to tell me to, you know, calm down a little bit, you know, quit striving. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm after it. And then I look at the verse below and in the New Living uh, Translation, it says, you said... No, we will get our help from the Lord. So I said, when I asked out, what do you mean? I'm not, I'm unwilling. And then the next verse says, no, we will get our help from Egypt. They will give you swift horses riding in the battle. But the only swiftness you're going to see is the swiftness of your enemies chasing you. And it hit me between the eyes. It brought tears to me. I fell on my face and started repenting because 
as much as I thought in my flesh, I was willing. Yet God said, you've been using your own experience. You're doing all these things. You've been turning to other people for help. You haven't really turned to me. And then I drifted down. So this is all in the middle of the night. In Isaiah thirty eighteen. therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. In the Hebrew, that word waits means he longs to be gracious to you. And therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For Yahweh is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. As soon as he hears it, he answers you. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore. But your eyes shall see your teacher and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is a way, walk in it when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. So that tied in with my whole discussion on hope, how to turn the coin, the coin over from hope deferred makes the heart sick to desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Now, I'm still looking for that desire fulfilled, but at least I don't feel like the Lone Ranger out there. Wow, that's powerful. This is why I love having you on the show. Tom and Marsha Berkowitz are my guests. I'll take a little break, and you can. I promise we'll be right back. In the temple long ago, the prophet saw the Lord, high and lifted up, angels all around, crying, holy, 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 holy is the Lord, the earth is filled with glory. Then a voice said, who will go for us? And it cried, whom shall I send? Those are pretty awesome pipes by Marty Getz. Friends of Tom and Marsha Berkowitz and friends of mine. Well, better friends with you. But We're uh, talking with Tom and Marsha Berkowitz, and we're catching up. It's always nice to figure out what is going on in our lives and, and uh, to share and share trials and struggles and burdens and, and what God is teaching us. I think that's an important message that we should be sharing with others what God is doing in your life. So that's what we're talking about today. Yes. Yes, I love. Yeah. It is. And Tom, you're having dreams, and the last one was pretty amazing. Yeah. It, it's probably because during this season, I'm seeking the Lord in prayer more than I normally do. You know, I have a, a tension span sometimes of a mosquito, mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to, to sit and pray. I got to do something when I pray, so I usually walk and pray. Otherwise, and of course, the other day I fell over a crack in the sidewalk <laughs> in front of a whole bunch of uh, street workers yeah. who were repairing the street, and I felt so embarrassed, And but then the prayer gets a little deeper. But anyway, enough of that. One of the things that really hit me is how do I 
I mean, we're called to be salt and light. How do we do that when for, what was it, two months we were locked up? Right. So what Marsha and I decided to do is let's do it with our family. So we did every week. We had a weekly Shabbat dinner. My kids are, my grandkids are doing the Hebrew well. Mm -hmm. And it's hard doing it over Zoom. But once we got back together, we could see the fruit of that. And one of the things that we did is a virtual Passover with Zoom, which left a lot to be desired. But it caused me to really focus in on one aspect of Passover. Are you, You've been to a Seder? I have not. You haven't? No. You? During, no, not yet. Okay. During the Passover celebration, you drink traditionally four cups of wine. It could be juice, but wine mm-hmm. if you're doing it traditionally. And they are the, the four, I will. I will bring you up. I will be your deliverer, so on. But between the second and third glass is when you serve the dinner. And 2,000 years ago, when Jesus had his Passover with his disciples, during that dinner is what you have table talk. You know, that's where you're talking about God and you're, you're, because you're right in the mood of doing that because of the celebration of Passover. And during Jesus's table talk 2,000 years ago, he gave us John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. That's when those were given during that time at Passover in the upper room. And one of the first things that he does is in John 14, uh, 27, He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So let not your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. And he said that there, but he also repeated a portion of that throughout the rest of that table talk when he gave us those chapters. And I really started meditating on that because Why did he give us that peace right then? He gave it to us right then because he knew what was going to happen to him, and he knew what he was going to suffer, and he knew that Satan and all the minions of hell and the world and its fury were going to try to destroy his word, his legacy, his disciples. And if they persecuted him, they will persecute his followers because he will be gone. So he gave it to him then. And what was the first words he said a couple days later on the feast of Habikarim, the feast of first fruits? When they were up in the upper room, he shows himself in John... uh, 21, and in uh, Luke uh, 24, he says, Shalom Alechem, peace be unto you. It's the first thing he says to him. And then there's dead silence, because you would expect the disciples to say to him, Alechem Shalom, back on you, peace. But they didn't. So he says a couple more things, and he says it all over again. 
And I think what he's trying to communicate to his disciples, that he has given us his gift of peace. We need to take it and appropriate it. And that's what I tried to do during the coronavirus with all those type of uh, when we're locked in. In fact, if you look at that, uh, what he said in uh, John fourteen twenty seven in the New Living Translation, it says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Boy, isn't that a gift that we need? And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. They can't give it to you. I'm giving it to you. Grab onto it. So that led into my second dream that led into my first Instagram post. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to follow all of this now. I'm doing, a, I think, an okay job. So that was a beautiful uh, and very helpful understanding of what Jesus gave during that table talk. That's, that's really... Right. And I think that that was a greeting that the disciples would give to one another after Jesus was resurrected and they received the Holy Spirit. Shalom Aleichem, the Hashem, HaMashiach, Yeshua, Sar HaShalom. Peace be unto you in the name of Christ Jesus, the Prince of Peace. So I think he gave that to them and they embraced it because the disciples seemed to walk around, even though they were troubled, with peace. And I think that's a lesson that we can learn today. That's amazing. I love that. That indestructible peace that we have, that regardless of whatever circumstances we're facing in this world, we have that peace from him because it comes from him. Right. So because I can say it, I don't internalize it because I have my own problems. (laughs) Just ask your friend George. I have a lot of issues. I understand. Yeah. (laughs) So... One night I was sleeping, and somewhere around 4 o'clock, and I know it had to be because I woke up at 4.30, so somewhere between 4 and 4.30 in the morning, I hear a voice saying, from where does your help come from? And I heard one coming back, and it sounded like my voice. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth, who put a coin in the fish mouth in the Sea of Galilee to pay Jesus's and Peter's tax. So I'm thinking as I'm saying that, how absurd is that? That he would put a coin in a fish. There had to be hundreds of thousands of fish in the sea. And Peter would go down and find that one coin to pay the tax. And then I, I said, who took a barren woman whose womb has been dead for decades and makes come alive and fertile. And she births a son, which Burst a nation. And then the final thing is from Exodus, or from uh, Numbers 18, from my teaching last year, he took uh, a dead piece of wood and made it blossom, flower, and produce almonds. So I said, our God takes death and brings life. Yeah. Tom and Marsha Berkowitz are my guests. We're going to take a little break. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. Tom and Marsha Berkowitz are my guests, and that's our friend Marty Getz singing, and I guess he's got a Facebook Live event tonight, free of charge. He does, 7 o'clock Central Time. And do you know how to find it? Facebook Live, Instagram, and I think you can go on martygets.com and get it yeah, live I guess so. also. Yeah. Or you can also get, this is, I think they've done 31 nights of worship wow. from their home. That's tremendous. Since it started. And uh, you can go back and get them all if you go to Mar- to martygets.com and you can hear them yeah. from way back. It's wonderful time. Time well spent. Listening to yeah. Marty Getz, they're worship. They're, they're very fun. fun. Yeah. So let's get back to uh, th- this dream and this your recent blog that you put out on Instagram. <laughs> I want to hear about that. Well, from the dream, of course, I have to ask the question: From where does your help come? Your help comes from the Lord. Now, what does that mean? My help comes from the Lord. Is he going to come down and give it to me? What do, what do I have to do? Mm-hmm. And Marsha, unfortunately, has to listen to me <laughs> as I go over and over again. And over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Striving. I, <laughs> striving is a word that's really big in my vocabulary. So she comes up one morning and she asks me, where in the Bible does it talk about digging ditches? And I'm thinking, where does that come from? And I said, oh, Go look at 2 Kings 3. I think, uh, well, I know that's where I think it is at the time I told her. So she looks it up, and she looks at verses uh, um, 16 18, and it says, in the King James, New King James, and he said, Thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley would be filled with water so that you, your cattle, and your animals will drink. This is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. So I'm sitting there. I read that, and I'm thinking, really? That's the most absurd command I've ever heard. (laughs) Think about it. You got the king of Israel. You got Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. They pick up the king of Edom and they marched down south of the Dead Sea and hook around it and come back up because they're going to fight the Moabs, the Moabites, because they didn't pay their taxes to the king of Israel. I mean, so he's going to do this. So they go to the most securitous way possible to surprise them. Unfortunately, they have no water, nor could they find any water. So they've been seven days without water. And Jehoshaphat says, we need a word from the Lord. Let's go find the prophet. So they go to Elisha. Can you imagine this? And Elisha says, go back and tell you guys to dig a ditch. (laughs) They're already collapsing. Would you dig a ditch? Exhaustion, thirst, yeah. So that's what the genesis of this verse is. And that's what it was. So as I'm meditating on that, I said, what a I mean, how would I react if they told me to dig a ditch? That's absurd. Either you believe or you die. There is no alternative. So as I'm sitting there meditating on it, I get this feeling, you need to write this up as a fodder devotion, everything I said, Mm -hmm. and you need to post it on your Instagram account. 
I didn't even know I had one. So I checked. I did have the app. So it's, it's haunting me. The hound of heaven is on me. He's constantly, every time I turn around, I'm thinking, you haven't written this yet. You haven't written this yet. So I, how many renditions did I write? Several. Several. I made her weary trying to write it. And then I get it done, and I'm saying, why would I put it on an Instagram account? I have maybe, I thought it said 18 followers. Well, I, there's 15 in our family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who is this going for? And I, I've got it written. I'm a horrible writer. You know, you can tell I can't talk, so how could I write? <laughs> so <laughs> I meet with our pastor. Just we had been trying to get together. I met with him, and we had a great time sharing. And I told him, you know, I this thing has been haunting me. He said, well, you need to post it. He said, uh, send it to me. I said, ah, you don't want to read it. He said, no, send it to me. So I sent it to him, and he sends back. He said, this is really good. This one would preach. And I'm thinking, what does that mean? Two minutes later, I get another text from him, and it had been raining. And out his uh, deck window, he has this picture of a rainbow. And I'm reading this, and I yell to Marsha, and she's out our living room our front door taking a picture of the same rainbow. And I took that as a sign of God, okay, you have 18 followers, be obedient, and put it on on uh, Instagram. Well, that was problem number one. Problem number two is I've never posted. I, I, I don't like social media. So my youngest daughter had heard I was going to do this, she wouldn't let me up for air until she walked me through how to do it. Mm -hmm. So I did it. And lo and behold, I get a a response from some dear old friends, Jewish believers, live in Arizona, haven't talked to them for a few years, and she writes a comment on my post that hits me between the eyes. You ever get some advice sometimes, and you know it's straight from the Lord. Mm -hmm. So it was, and I, I looked at Marsha, I said, let's call him. We haven't talked to him. It'd be a good time. So I call, and I get her husband, and we're talking. We're good friends. He's a mentor, so we're talking. And then I told him about what I did, and, I, and he knew about it because his wife posted on it. And I said, I also had a dream about his mentor and guy who mentored me, 40 some years ago and which was strange and I said I'd like to talk to June about this his wife yeah his wife and he said well she's sleeping and I'm thinking we're a mishpoka can you wake her up <laughs> <laughs> so she uh he does and you know she doesn't get mad she after the cobwebs go out because yeah. she was sleeping she starts in and she gives me just the greatest godly advice that I needed at that time to sustain me. And it was all about surrendering to God. And so she spent a long time with me, and then we were, it was time to hang up and go on with our lives. And before we could, her husband gets back on. He said, I want to give Marsha something. I've been praying about this. And he gave Marsha a verse that really sustained her 
and helped her. So that was the genesis wow. of that dream. That's amazing. Marsha, what was your verse? Well, I don't remember what the actual verse was, but but here's here's the point. We were talking about surrendering. We were talking about I can I don't mind doing anything if I know that it's what God wants me to do. I mean, if he wants me to move to Israel or somewhere else, sell my stuff, I'm I I have no problem doing it, so I think. Um <laughs> If I know that that's what God wants me to do, my problem was I was struggling was I'm not sure what God wants. And that was causing me anxiety. And he told me that's what you have to surrender is the anxiety over wanting so much to know what God wants you to do. Yeah. In other words, you have to surrender and just go and just give it all up and see where he leads you and rest in him that he and trust that he's going to leave you lead you where to what is best for you i love the words surrender your anxiety right yeah. in the favorite. verse was philippians 4 6 and 7 okay so right. that was a great verse for Marsha at that time. You see, I, I think that, you know, I'm not sure that Webster would define it differently by submitting or surrendering. Often they can go together. But I, I looked at it, I think sometimes we submit because we have to. The yeah. decision's been made, whether it's a death in the family, whether it's a financial, maybe it's an educational disappointment, and we don't get accepted we submit to it, but there's a big difference between actually surrendering it and say, okay, I surrender it all to you and give it all to you and I rest in you. I, I like that. I love the surrender topic. I'd like to stay on it a little bit. Right. Well, I was, again, walking and praying and I was thinking about surrendering or submitting and I agree with Marsha. However, I looked it up in Webster's, and he, they basically say they're the same, but I don't see them the same. I see surrendering as something that I do, that I just give up, and I, it's all yours. Submitting seems like an outside force is kind of saying you have no alternatives to do this. Mm-hmm. That's the way I saw it. So when in doubt, what do you do? I called up another Jewish believer, our good friend Marty Getz, because... Not only is he a good singer, he was an English major. Oh, so he's the right guy to call then. So we called. And I said, do you have anywhere in the Bible where it talks about surrendering versus submitting? And we were talking, and he took from Luke the prodigal son, the young son. And then we talked a little bit more, and I said, you know, I've been meditating um, on Jesus in the garden, praying to God, if it's possible, will you take this cup from me? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And I've really been meditating on Marty said, that's absolutely a great example of surrendering. And so that's what uh, got us going. And 
I started reading that. I read that that it's in uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Well, I read it in the Mark, and I read it in uh, uh, what Jesus said in the garden in uh, Matthew. And to me, it sounded like uh, the cliff notes of what he was suffering. Because in, in essence, here's what he said, he said in Luke. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will is being, being done. And what he's really saying is, Father, take this from me, this suffering. And God looks at him. And he said, and he's, I'm thinking this in my mind, obviously it's not in the Bible. God is looking down on him. I love you more than anything. Humans can't even describe the love I have for you, but I can't answer that prayer for you. Mm. Because in order for us to accomplish our plan, you have to endure this. And then what I love about the Luke is Bennett says, there appeared to him an angel from heaven strengthening him. So God said no to taking the cup of suffering from him, but he sent his angel to strengthen him. And being in agony, Jesus prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. But even in all that, God sent him an angel to help him and strengthen him. So I'm taking in my own situation, our situation. God, he may not say yes to me because, you know, all I think about is me. It may be something more here, but he's going to strengthen us. He's going to help us. Maybe he sends me a Bill Arnold or Marsha give me godly advice or Rebecca or God forbid, maybe George. And But that's what we thrive on and we can keep it going and I started meditating on that so I said what's really happening is I'm learning how to live in the nevertheless and that's where we are right now living in the nevertheless right I love it because I had to say to surrender you have to say nevertheless not my will but your will be done mm. and it really helped me understand Hebrews 5 8 which is one of the verses I've thought about for uh, years. It says, although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. So Jesus was fully man and fully God, but he learned obedience in what he suffered. In other words, his will, Jesus asked for the cup of suffering to be taken from him. His father said no. He was obedient to go through it. And that's what happens to us, too, because in verse 7, it says, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. And then it says, Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And... Maybe that's helping me going back to the beginning to turn that coin over, hope deferred makes a heart sick, to desires fulfilled is the tree of life. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a little break. Tom and Marsha Berkowitz are my guests. I'm loving this. We're going to be back in 90 seconds. 
my soul, wait thou only, only upon God, for from him is my expectation. We're back with Tom and Marsha Berkowitz. My and Marsha, you got, you got a thought about that wee hours of the morning Well, and surrender? What I was going to say about surrendering is true surrendering means you can't take it back. You have to stay in the surrender. And Bill and I were just talking about how we wake up in the middle of the night and those that's the times where you always have the negative thoughts and your mind starts racing and everything is coming back and you start taking back that surrendering. And uh, so you have to fight it. You just It's a fight. It's a fight on, on our own part to keep our eyes focused on that surrendering to the Lord. And you made a comment about our friend, uh, Dr. Glenn Pickering, about virtual conversations. Repeat that. I think that's really good. And Glenn always has said that uh, many of those thoughts that we have are virtual conversations, and virtual conversations are almost always negative. They bring us fear and they bring us condemnation and all these things that may not be true. Yeah. Um, I have, seems like I have memories of that. Yeah. Those virtual conversations you have in your head at 2.30 in the morning. And they, many of them never, ever happen. Right. Wow. They're just in our mind. Mm-hmm. Our fears. Mm-hmm. But they seem real. Extremely real. Yeah. Especially yeah. in the wee hours of the morning. Yes. 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 Well... Can I tell you something that's really exciting? That's Please. Gonna happen? Yeah. The study of John. I am just jazzed to have our study of John. Is that coming up in community Bible study this fall? It is coming up to community Bible study this fall. It's uh, If you want to register, you can register online. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Edina, Eve, E-V-E dot cbsclass.org it'll take you right there and if you want to know about what the course is going to be like go to communitybiblestudy.org forward slash john it'll take you land you on a john page you can click a little button you can get three and a half minutes or so of video about what's going to be study but what a perfect absolutely perfect book to be studying during this time. And why is that? Because it gives us hope. It tells how God, in the fullness of time, came down as a human to reconcile us back to him. You know, we just finished Exodus, but even go back in the Garden of Eden, when God created the world, what was his desire He was walking in the garden because he wants to live with us. He wants a tabernacle. Well, Adam and Eve kind of screwed that up. (laughs) So he goes on for 2,000 years, and he calls Abraham out, and he starts the process of wanting to live with us again. Abraham was his friend, and he says, hey, Abe, and about 500 years, 
I'm going to get those descendants. You know, you have that one son where they're going to be a great nation. I'm going to come down and I'm going to deliver them from their slavery. We're going to go out in the desert and I'm going to live with them. I'm going to make a tabernacle. I think, was it, 14, 15 chapters of Exodus on how to do the tabernacle so God can live with his people. Well, kind of screwed that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 1,500 years later, he makes a temple in Jerusalem, the city that he has ordained, the city of peace. It goes all the way back to, to Abraham on Mount Moriah where the temple was built. Why? Because he wants to live with us. And the only way he can live with us and pitch a tent with us is by dying for our sins, shedding his blood, defeating death by being resurrected, and then sending his Ruach, his spirit, to pitch a tent in our heart to Mm -hmm. all those. And he's living with us. So John is all about this, and it's just exciting. And just a note, this is an anniversary year for Community Bible Study. It's 45 years. 45 years. And so uh, in light of that, it has the study of John has been rewritten, so it's fresh off the presses, and every class in the United States and Canada are going to be studying John this year. And even many of the international, there are over a hundred now countries that are doing community Bible study international, internationally. And we just, in fact, uh, we work with Israel. And so it has, we have just had it translated into Hebrew. So uh, in Israel, we are hoping that we will have some, find some people that want to also be studying John as we are studying John. It's exciting. Here's a foretaste. The first miracle Moses does in the story of the Exodus was he turned the Nile, the water, into blood, and that brought death. Mm-hmm. You know, The first miracle Jesus does is in John 2. What does he do? He takes water and turns it into wine, a symbol of life. Not only life, but life abundantly. This is exciting. Look at all the things we're going to learn. Fantastic. And that all starts coming up in the fall. And now if I, if I live in Pittsburgh, can I go online and do it or yes, am I out of luck? You know, one of the, one of the, uh, the blessings of our lockdown yeah. is that we do our, our group class virtually now, too, so you can join us. That's wonderful. We'll even put you in a small group with other people doing the same thing. <laughs> See, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And that's you teaching. Me teaching. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So would you give that web address again? To register for our class is edinaeve.cbsclass.org. Okay. And if you want to learn more about John, the study, go to communitybiblestudy.org forward slash John. It's exciting. It's very exciting. I'm so glad you came in today. Thank you so much for being my guest on the show and being such a blessing. Yeah, I told you what a busy schedule we I know. had. <laughs> I know. You yeah, guys. thanks for having us out. Yeah, yeah. That wraps up our show. I want a uh, special thanks to Tom and Marsha Berkowitz as my amazing guests on today's program. And also uh, 
just really thank you for listening. And I hope you just have a wonderful night. And you know how much I care about you and pray for you. And I just hope uh, you are doing well. If you're up in the middle of the night, like Tom and Marcia have talked about, I just pray that you don't listen to those voices that would say anything condemning because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Take those thoughts and uh, take them captive and put them right to the foot of the cross and leave them there. Thanks so much. Have a great night, everyone. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.